Wow, guys. So welcome to another episode of Kingdom in You, the Kingdom in You podcast, where I'm taking some old teachings and some new teachings and just showing you what God's been showing me. And wow, today is not God continually telling the same story. Man, I was listening to myself, to my old podcast of Genesis 4, the chapter that talks about Cain and Abel. And I realized this is the story of the old man and the new man. This is the story of the old Adam, the first Adam and the new Adam. This is the story of the ultimate sacrifice, Jesus Christ. What happened? What happened? Cain presented a sacrifice that just wasn't enough, that would never be enough. And he felt condemned and ashamed for it. And then he murdered his brother that had presented the perfect sacrifice, the perfect offering to God. Wow. Wow. I'm learning from my own uh, podcast because God always keeps building. And then what happened? God did not hold Cain ultimately responsible for what he did. Yes, there were worldly consequences. There were physically con- physical consequences for what he did, but God protected him. You're going to see as you listen to this podcast, God marked him and protected him. Why? Why? Because God does the same thing with us. He marks us and protects us that we might come to the knowledge of him. He doesn't hold us ultimately responsible for what evil has done. He gives us an opportunity to choose him just like he gave Cain an opportunity to be saved, to be protected from his mistakes. God is still giving you an opportunity to again return to the garden, return to the perfect sacrifice now, be free from the guilt and shame that is caused from not being able to make yourself righteous, to be self-righteous, but to live out of the righteousness of Christ, that the works of evil might be completely destroyed forever. So watch this, guys. I hope you enjoy it. Talk to you soon again. Enjoy this great video, this great teaching, and this great podcast on the difference between fault and responsibility home today getting on a little bit earlier my kids are still getting ready for school and I thought I'd talk to you about what God's talking to me about and uh yeah um something that's really on my heart and has been under my heart a long time and something that God taught me early on but continues to teach me is the difference between fault and responsibility And this comes up all the time in my life, in my household, in my dealings with other people. And we have to understand fault uh, has a connotation of ultimate responsibility. And because of where we went, when we gained the knowledge of good and evil, when we stepped outside God's will, We tend to live in a place of looking for fault, looking for blame. And what we need to understand is that fault, and I know fault has a bad connotation in and of itself. So if one of you has a better word to use than fault, let me know in the comments below. But um, 
fault in and of itself is not our responsibility. <laughs> so let's think of it like this. So remember, you know, God created this amazing world for us to live in, in Genesis, in the garden, and he gave us the responsibility to work it. And he basically gave all man, man and woman, the responsibility uh, to work the garden. I'm going to go over this real quick. So I'm sure there's a lot of stones you can throw at what I'm going to say, but I just want to go over it real quick to open your mind so you can look into it. Yeah, he gave us the responsibility to work it. And then, of course, the snake came and, you know, obviously it was Satan, the spirit of error. Something had taken over that snake or it actually was him in that bodily form. And, and what the Bible says is we were deceived. We were deceived. And then we came into this place where uh, we gained the knowledge of good and evil and we began to look for fault and began to look for blame. Uh, and then Jesus came and he changed all that. And we all know he he. He, be, he, came, he took on flesh. He became flesh for us. He walked as we walked. He walked a perfect life, became a sacrifice for the place that we were. And, and now when we believe in him, when we trust in him, we can be redeemed from that place. Uh, and, and he walked out that responsibility and has ultimately, in a good way, I don't like the bad connotation that fault has, but in a good way at fault for the fact that we can live righteously, that we can be redeemed. So no one would ever say that I'm ultimately responsible for my salvation. <clears throat> we would all say that the, the ability for me to choose Christ comes from Christ himself and the sacrifice that he made. I, didn't, I can't save myself. But what I am responsible for is to choose Christ. Um, but my salvation lies in him. Just like my death, my death lies in in Satan, in the spirit of error, in a mindset that evaluates everything from the knowledge of good and evil. And a lot of us walk around carrying that load when we shouldn't. God understands that. That's why he's his son to redeem us and not to redeem Satan. <laughs> it's crazy when you think about it. Ultimately condemned is a spirit of evil, the spirit of error, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and we can be redeemed by accepting our responsibility to choose within the will of God, Jesus Christ himself. Uh, and we see this played out in Cain and Abel. And one of the amazing things is, you know, Cain is in this uh, tough place, man, because he is in a fallen world. And for some reason, Cain and Abel decide to give God an offering, not a sacrifice. Read it. They decide to present him an offering. And Abel actually presents him an offering that is a sacrifice. <laughs> it's, it's, it's from the animals, the fat of the animals, because he is a farmer, based, or uh, a, I guess a rancher. <laughs> and uh, Cain presents him, you know, uh, fruit and probably vegetables, we don't know, because uh, he's a farmer. And God, it says, respects Abel's offering, but not Cain. And when I looked into that word that they use for respect, it's kind of like he was impressed by it. He didn't necessarily reject Cain's offering, but he was impressed by Abel's. Why was he impressed? It looks like Abel got it. It looks like Abel got it. And it was a foreshadowing of what Jesus would sacrifice for us, right? So Cain then feels what? He feels a little bit of uh, rejection, even though God wasn't rejecting him. And he comes to him and he says, he says, uh, hey, you know, uh, in Genesis 4, oh, I got to look up the verse here. Man, I just had it. But in Genesis 4, 
you know, he comes to him and, and he says, let me read it real quick. Actually, he says, but unto Cain and to his offering, he had not respect. He wasn't impressed by it. And Cain was very worth, or that means angry. And his countenance fell. So he got depressed. <laughs> and the Lord said unto Cain, why art thou worth or angry? And why is thy countenance fallen? Or why are you depressed? If thou doesest well, shall thou not be accepted? And if thou doesest not well, now here's the key. And this is the mindset that we all deal with because of the spirit of evil, because of the deceiver himself, because of the one that's at fault, who's put us in this position. Uh, if thou doesest not well, sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. So he's basically saying, there's other versions that say, uh, must master it. So he, so Christ is saying, hey man, I know you feel bad about this. God is saying, I know you feel bad about this. But if you walk in goodness, remember before we only knew good, we didn't know evil. But if you walk in the goodness that I have for you, you know, uh, you're, you're going to be accepted. Uh, but if you don't, you're going to have to deal with this rejection feeling. You're going to have to deal with this pride feeling uh, and situation. And sin wants to rule you, but you must master it. And isn't that where we're all at right now? Why? Because he blames himself for not presenting a, a right sacrifice or a right offering. Uh, and when he would have never been in that position had there not been a fall. He didn't understand who he was. And so what happens then afterwards, which is amazing because what happens to all of us, is after he does that, of course, what happens next? Death. Death. What does he do? He goes and he murders his brother. He murders the one that uh, presented a, an offering that was acceptable. So for, actually, first of all, he lies about it. Uh, he says, am I my brother keeper? I don't know where he is. Then death comes. And then what happens? And I believe these are just natural consequences of what happens. But God removes his position, removes his purpose. Wow. And, I, and like I said, God says this. God proclaims it over him. But I think it was a natural, a natural thing that would have happened or that was happening. Because why? Because his purpose was not to be a murderer, was not to be a killer. But now this defined him, right? Now this defined him. But what does God do? He says, this is too great, man. I was made to till the ground. And what does God do? He says that the ground's not going to produce for him anymore. So he's lost his purpose. But what does God do? God marks him and protects him. He doesn't kill him. He doesn't kill him. Now, we don't know exactly what happened to Cain, but we know what happens to us. We know what happens to us. God comes in the form of humankind, of a man of flesh, so that we can be redeemed, so we can be saved from the ultimate blame uh, for where we are right now. Uh, and we might accept the freedom of him. You know, he talks about this in the New Testament uh, through Paul, uh, well, Jesus himself talks <laughs> about it, and Paul talks about it, how he who sins is a slave to sin. And Jesus says, he who the Son sets free is free indeed. And so I just want you guys to think about this and dig deeper into those stories and, and let Holy Spirit teach you, you know, uh, and, and just let you grasp this. You don't have to carry that load. His, his, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Why? Because we rest in what Christ has done. We don't rest in what the spirit of error has done, what Satan has done. Although most of us are resting there. We rest in what Christ has done when we believe. We're not at ultimate fault for our salvation. Just like we're not at ultimate fault for our fall. 
But what we are is responsible for what God has done and given us to manage that, to steward that, and to master sin, to master that mindset that we wouldn't go back to living in our old habits and our old ways because that's not the will of the Father. That's the will of the spirit of error. The amazing thing is, guys, and you can really chew on this in a minute, the amazing thing is you. You want to know what the will of God is? You are the will of God. You are the will of God. When you walk in who God says you are, when you walk in love and joy and peace and kindness and grace and you discover what God has put you on this earth for and you walk out your purpose and you use your talents to bless and love on others and breathe life into others, you are the will of God. Just like Jesus was the will of God and walked out the will of God in this world so that you could be free. Guys, you are the will of God. It's not something you have to search for. It's something you have to know. And understanding fault versus responsibility is a big key to that. You are not at fault for the position you are in, but you are responsible for it. You are responsible for it. So I just want to encourage you to see others this way too. A lot of times we condemn others around us. And I know this is going a little long, so I'm going to wrap it up right now. But this is some deep, deep stuff. You know, we look at what people have done rapists, murderers, uh, that's in general, but people have lied to us, hurt us, mistreated us, and we don't realize, well, they're responsible for those actions. They're not at fault that they're in the position to hurt us. That's something they were born into. That's something they were born into. And that's something that if you share with them who they are and what they can have when they believe in Christ, they can be responsible then to get free from through the sacrifice that Christ has for them. I know it's kind of a crazy concept and using the word fault is a little difficult because it has a bad connotation. Uh, so if you can think of a better word, let me know. But this fault versus responsibility is a really important concept to get. I see you Chandler, I love you bro. Um, so I'm gonna wrap this up right now because it was going a little long, but think about this stuff and think about the amazing responsibility you have and the freedom that you have in that responsibility to walk out who Christ says you are, what he's proclaimed over you since the beginning of time, since before you were born into corruption and since before you accepted Christ, he has always known who you are. It's so amazing because you are the will of God manifest in this world when you walk out who he says he is. So let me just pray over you real quick. Lord Jesus, I thank you for everybody watching here. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would open the minds of those that are bound by past circumstances, by past sin, by past mistakes, by past issues, that they would open their mind to who you are and who you say they are, to those that feel worthless, that they would realize that they are worth everything to you, that you created them, that you love them, that you have a purpose for them, and that literally when they walk out that purpose, they are your will manifest on this earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would protect them, that you would uh, enable them to walk out your will creatively to those around you, that th those around them, that those around them might gain knowledge of who you are and therefore knowledge of who they are. In Jesus' name, I love you, Lord. I thank you because I know that you walk with each one of them. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen, amen.